easy getting here I never gave up cause I gotta, gotta, gotta have it Through the darkness, through the tears Turn the lights on, face my fears Never gave up cause I gotta, gotta, gotta have it And welcome to another episode of Hungry to Live. I'm Rachel, and today I am joined by Ashley Page. Ashley has a very similar yet different experience in the recovery world as I. She struggled with eating, she struggled with overexercise, and now she helps everyone who wants to make themselves better, have healthy ideas around food, have intuitive eating, and all those great things. Hi, Ashley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, so I just found out Ashley's actually located in Nicaragua, which is amazing. She's into yoga and she has um, these incredible photos of doing yoga on a patio. And her and I were just talking about, I mean, how not only amazing that is, but that does that have something to do with your practice and your own recovery? Yeah, actually, funny you say that I was just teaching a class and talking about how I hear a lot of people say that yoga was the gateway for them into accepting their bodies. And actually for me, it was quite the opposite. Like it was a fuel for my disordered food and body thoughts. And I used it as a way to try to fix myself. And I was purely interested in the physicality of it. And that was 12 years ago when I first got introduced to yoga, but um, I now teach and it definitely, after I was turned on to coaching, which is what I now do, I um, can kind of marry the two and they're a great combination for healing. But talking about healing, can you give the listener a little bit about your story? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in part of recovering, you go back and look at where all of this stuff started for you and I think for a lot of us, it's earlier than we realize. So I'm, I wouldn't say there was like one moment that, that set me on this path. It was just kind of an accumulation of things. Actually, if I could attribute it to one thing in particular, I, I changed schools when I was 12 years old. And I think from that point, I always struggled to feel like I was accepted and belonged somewhere. And then I saw that in looking a certain way. And it just got worse with you know puberty and high school and college and boys and um then living here actually you know this is bikini land like it is permanently summer here so I'm surrounded by young attractive surfers and everyone is basically naked all the time <laughs> and so I would say I moved here um nine years ago that that probably you know, contributed in a big way. And um, it was during the pandemic that some things in my life were pretty chaotic and I was using food to try to gain a sense of control. And I came across a podcast, actually. It was Christy Harrison's podcast, Food Psych, where she interviews people who have a history with eating disorders. And I was listening to it and I had no idea that what I was doing wasn't healthy. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that's me. And you're telling me I don't have to do that stuff. Like there's an alternative. So 
that set me on the path of finding this community, which is so cool. I mean, you and I connected through a Facebook group, but Instagram, if you curate it the right way, it can be a really um, lovely place, you know, to find support and, and the podcasts too are great resources. So now here I am turning what I struggled with into helping other people. That's a lovely story. And knowing, I'm not sure, I don't think we actually mentioned, I, I said that there was a nice patio you were doing yoga on, but um, Ashley lives in Nicaragua. What led you to Nicaragua? My husband, uh, now ex-husband. <laughs> it's actually a beautiful story. We're still friends and it's not the outcome that I could have ever anticipated, but um, we moved here nine years ago. It was his he was the surfer at the time. Now both of us surf, but um, at that time he told me on our first blind date that he wanted to move here. And it was like three months into dating. He was asking me if I'd be interested in coming along. And I was 23 at that time and I'd never left the U S and I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't have dreams of my own. Let me just follow yours. (laughs) Did you find that not having your own identity and kind of trying to find yourself through your partner made you control or made you try to control your food? Absolutely. Um, He is Italian, half Italian, loves to cook. Um, We'll do like these big cuts of meat on the barbecue and smoked everything. And um, we would take these vacations together. Every rainy season here is October. So for that month, we would go to Europe or go back to the States to visit family. And these vacations revolved around like street food and all the things that I would just fantasize about when I was looking at Pinterest recipes for hours on end. (laughs) Um, And then I would resent him for that, you know, because I wanted to let loose and be a normal person and just enjoy delicious food. But I couldn't find that, you know, reasonable way to do it. It was like one extreme or the other. So I was like, I mean, I just posted this morning on Instagram how I um, went on a girl's surf trip this weekend. And normally that would be this perceived opportunity to to break the rules. And then you overdo it to the point that you've got like raging heartburn and an upset stomach. And then come Monday, you've got to, um, you know, have liquid meals with the bare minimum of what you need to survive. And it was just like rinse, repeat for so many years of that. Yeah, I I know all those cycles all too well, or it would be, I would spend the entire week literally running myself to the ground. And then on the weekends, I'd be like, oh, it's Saturday, I can eat whatever I want. And then I would do that. And then Monday would come around and I would do whatever exercise that I was doing that day, like two to three times as hard or as long. And it was never good enough because I always in the back of my head had what I ate on Saturday, which was already out of my system. Like that's, that's the crazy part of the disease is you can't compartmentalize. Like that was the fuel for like that 24 to 36 hour period. And your body does what it's going to do. Your body's going to store what it's going to store. And if you are not eating all week, it's going to store all of that because it doesn't know when its next meal is. So, right. How I know you are an intuitive um, eating coach. What does that mean? Mm, Great question. So this is where I think yoga is great because 
when we're not intuitive eaters, it's because we've adopted all of these external rules about how we should and shouldn't eat. And we're living like completely disconnected from our bodies, <clears throat> you know, living up in our heads entirely and looking at food in ways that we're like visualizing the portion of it or um, comparing it to what you see on Instagram, what I eat in a day. And you're not at all listening to your body's individual hunger cues and what would actually sound satisfying to you in that moment. And how much of it do you need to feel full? And that's going to change day to day, moment to moment. Um, but it's really hard to connect with those cues when we've gotten so good at ignoring them. So that's where in the yoga practice, we can strengthen that muscle of interoceptive awareness, which is that ability to just detect what's going on inside your body um, and, and learn to read those cues again and honor it, them. It's so true. Like we were, we were never taught it's even in school, like you talk, they talk about portion size and they talk about how many portions of each part of the food pyramid you're supposed to eat, but they don't actually talk about things like hunger cues or eating when you are hungry. Like we have set times, I'm a, I'm a school teacher and you have set times to eat snack and eat lunch. But what happens if you are a normal growing human and you get hungry between 11 and 12:20 but you can't eat until 12:20 because that's when your lunch is like it doesn't actually make it's counterintuitive exactly <laughs> um so what was there a turning point when you realized that you needed to kind of get that intuitive eating in check for yourself yeah actually it was shortly after it might have even been the same day that i listened to that christy harrison podcast and and realized that that message resonated with me that my husband was going to make pizza that night and i had a total meltdown and i was like this is exhausting the whole calculation of like now i have to plan my whole day around the fact that i want to eat pizza tonight and i want to just be able to eat it and enjoy it and not stress about the fact that after finishing two slices, I want a third one, but then what does that mean for tomorrow and the rest of my week? Um, and I was like, this is ridiculous. It's like a hamster wheel and I'm never getting off of it. Yeah. I I'm just listening to you because it is for someone who doesn't have an eating, someone who hasn't been diagnosed with an eating disorder, this idea of disordered eating is actually way more common than we think and there are two completely different ideas. I know I talked about this in a previous episode. When you're, when it becomes this pattern and everyone around you starts to notice it, that's when it becomes this disease. But when disordered eating starts to occur and then your entire life is centered around it, it is just, it, it's this cycle. As you said, it's exactly like a hamster wheel and it just keeps on going and how do you tell your clients or how do you help your clients get out of that cycle or break that cycle? Yeah. What you said about it's undetectable. It's the fact that we now live in this culture where like I'm 35. I grew up when, in the nineties, my mom was blatantly eating low calorie, <clears throat> reduced fat, everything. And it was, you know, going to Weight Watchers meetings. Whereas now diet culture has had to rebrand itself. So it's more um, insidious. Like we think of 
it as healthy eating. I mean, I never thought that I was on a diet, but anything that dictates what, what, when, and how you should eat is in fact a diet. But a lot of my clients fall into that orthorexic realm, which is, you know, an, an obsession with health that becomes unhealthy, like taking it to an extreme. Um, a lot of intermittent fasting. And I think the people who engage in those things, they know that they know deep down that that is not supporting a healthy, normal relationship with food to be skipping meals. Um, because what it, what I do with them is really just ask the questions to get them to notice. I mean, the woman I w worked with most recently, she acknowledged that she would fast in the mornings. She would have a coffee instead of breakfast. And I know how caffeine hits me. It's like really intense for a, for a while. You don't know what's going on inside. Am I nauseous? <laughs> Am I hungry? And then once that wears off, you're like ravenously starving. Um, what if you could just, find a more steady, you know, a nourishment that's every so every few hours that's not like so extreme. I like that you bring up this idea of intermittent fasting because diet culture right now, I feel like there's this huge push and this huge highlight on social media about intermittent fasting and how you don't have to exercise. You can just intermittent fast, intermittently fast. And I'm like, thinking about it. And just as you said, it is definitely a very unhealthy way and unhealthy relationship with food, because as we've already talked about, like your body starts to go into like hibernation mode once you miss a certain amount of meals, because it doesn't know when its next meal is. And because we as humans and just as mammals, we rely on the food for fuel. Like some people just see food as fuel and then some people love and enjoy food. And then there's others that enjoy it so much that they either can't stop eating it or they stop eating it. So then they can enjoy it. And then it's like this whole cycle of binging, even though they might be anorexic. Like it's just, it's crazy, but I love that you brought up intermittent fasting. Cause I think that that's something that really needs to get a second look. And I know that there are, there's a lot of spiritual practices around intermittent, intermittent fasting. And I, I respect that, but I think as a diet culture, I think that really needs to be looked at. And I think that it's really important that you highlighted it, um, and brought it up. I was actually just hiking on Friday and these two girls that were, I'm the same age as you, um, they were hiking behind me and they were about the same age as us. And one was like, oh yeah, I've been intermittent fasting for the last week. And I just want to lose a couple of pounds, but I haven't lost any weight. And I was just, I just kept walking in front of them. And then one was like, I had coffee and half a banana for breakfast. And then I haven't eaten until dinner. And I'm, I, I just like, I was dumbfounded, <laughs> but it's like this, it's all over social media. And so again, just thank you. Um, <laughs> so I know that you are in Latin America. Is it hard for you to find clients? Do you do everything virtually? Do you do things in person? I'm considering more in-person events because of the yoga that I teach here. I think 
I think that disordered eating really thrives in the yoga space because there is such this like demonization and then elevation of different ways of eating. Um, but most of my stuff is online. Yeah. I have my podcast and I, and I am learning Instagram marketing <laughs> to try and reach, you know, the English speaking world. Um, and my, my sessions with my clients are all over zoom. So it is all virtual. Do you find that the English speaking world versus Latin America, like it doesn't matter the borders, this issue is everywhere? Absolutely. Yeah. I connected with a woman actually in the capital, which is three hours from here. Um, she wanted to come and stay at the hotel that I manage. And I saw in her, on her profile page, it said ED recovery. And I was like, Ooh, I want to be friends with you. <laughs> and so now fun. we've met in person. Yeah, the yeah, there's like this kinship, like you want to find out what works for somebody else. And like, hopefully that you just have this impact with everyone else who's been through it because you've been through it and you just know. And anyway, I could go on for hours, but um, where do you see yourself taking your practice and your recovery in the future? I mean... I just remember the moment when I, the relief that I felt when I figured out that I didn't have to keep up with this and that there was an alternative. And I want to give that to as many women as possible. And so I'm still developing my art. And right now I have a five month program, but I'm considering how to bring more yoga into it because actually what I used to practice, you know, for the first like nine years of my yoga practice, it was very physical. It was all anatomy focused and perfection and lines and shapes and like, you know, not, not um, focusing more on what it looked like and what it felt like. And so I'm trying to find a way to bring yoga in because I don't find a lot of it out there um, that, that is blended with eating disorder recovery. Um, and the tricky part to me is like when I decided to take a break from all movement and to really heal my relationship with food, I took a complete stop on movement. So I, I um, didn't, I mean, I, what I would call yoga was just rolling around on tennis balls and massaging my back <laughs> for a few months. Like, so I am trying to find a way to bring it in and, um, you know, share that with more people in a way that isn't so it's tricky, you know, because, because yoga, it is it's so like co-opted by the Western world and the fitness world. And it's like, the question that I get asked from people all the time is, is yoga going to help me lose weight? Like, Why do you need to lose weight? <laughs> what is, yeah, what is the goal there? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a goal of self-worth. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, fitness, the fitness industry is pushing that in order to feel good, feel confident and, and love yourself is to be skinny. And if you're anything other than that, you're going to be depressed. You're going to not be happy. You're not going to get the things you want. And like, it's been conditioned into us and it's, it's such a sad, sad thing. As you know, my show is called hungry to live. So what keeps you hungry to live? Oh, that's, I like that question. Right now I'm re 
imagining my future as a single lady and remembering that travel is something that's really important to me. And so I think that I would say travel and just discovering different people who are different from me and places that are different and getting out of my comfort zone because I mean, healing in itself is a huge step out of your comfort zone and the growth that comes from it is like indescribable. And so I just want to keep that momentum going. Thank you. Where can the listener find you? So I have, my podcast is called Wellness Reimagined and it's on the major platforms. And then I'm on Instagram as Ashley Page Coaching. Okay, great. And for the listener who wants to find me, you can find me at hungry2live.com. You can subscribe to my blog. You can subscribe to my podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at hungry.thenumber2.live. And at the end of every show, I read a poem for my guests. So here is my poem for you. Do food and body thoughts make you anxious and insecure? Is looking in the mirror something you fear? Is your eating disorder? Is the thought of gaining weight torture? Do you purge your intake until your limbs are numb? Is the voice in your head a continuous hum of judgment, deceit, and self-loathing? Do you hide your bunder- Do you hide your body under layers of clothing? Does the idea of exposing your darkest secret create more self-imposed reasons why you should keep it? If you answered yes to any of these questions, talk to Ashley Page for a coaching session. She will sit, listen, and offer advice because at one point she saw through similar eyes. Thank you so much, Ashley. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Hungry to Live. In the right place, in the wrong way. Down on my luck, there were dark days. Had to switch it up, make it okay. So I gave up on the rat race Learned from my past and my mistakes Still got time, never too late No, I don't care what they say I came here to stay Through the days, the months, the years It wasn't easy getting here Never gave up cause I gotta, gotta, gotta have Face my fears, never gave up, cause I gotta, gotta, gotta have